The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of WHIO and Cox Media Group. This hour is sponsored by There is a Season. America's top talk shows with breaking news, traffic, and weather. WHIO! W-H-I-O. There is a season Well, it's a beautiful day, and welcome to There is a Season, the Bob and Gloria show, and the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. Whether you're a longtime listener or this is your first time with us, we want to thank you for being here and giving us some of your day. Our number today in the studio is 457-1290. That's 937-457-1290. So as our long-term listeners know, we talk about all sorts of stuff on this program. What does change mean? How do we age, not just physically, but in terms of our desires, our choices, abilities, and relationships? How do we take a little more proactive approach to the decades in the latter half of our lives to maybe feel that our time is a little more satisfying and purposeful? You know, we we know we're not in control of a lot in life, but sometimes a little planning now on all sorts of levels can help make life less cumbersome or reactive later on. So, for example, one of the key questions we encourage people to consider is to ask, how do I want to live as I age? Mm -hmm. And also, where might I like to live? Of course, these questions can be closely tied to our finances, especially after retirement. Again, in part, this is a planning issue and also related to our health, to our proximity to people we care about and to the amenities we would prefer and to a host of other things really like like safety and and convenience. Mm-hmm, certainly. And for a lot of people, there's no clear uh, defining time to consider uh, a transition from one type of home to another. Now, certainly, as I said before, you know, life's unpredictable. We can't control everything. And all through life, there are situations that can quickly impact decisions about where to reside. You might have a new job or a job transfer. If you're in the military, people are always bouncing around, right, Gloria? Yeah. You might have gone through a divorce. There might be a sudden death of a spouse. There could be a significant health event like a fall or a stroke that could precipitate the need to move. You might have financial burdens brought on by sickness or by some other financial uh, calamity. There are a lot of things that can bring about the need for a rather sudden transition from one residential environment to another. But conversely, a lot of us also kind of just, you know, drift along. We, We don't really think much about whether we should be planning for a move. Maybe we've been fortunate to enjoy our home for decades, and that's just fine with a lot of people, right? Yeah, and we certainly understand the comfort and familiarity that individuals and families enjoy in the place that they've called home for so long. We also understand that for a lot of people, they may, you know, up until now be relatively house rich, but perhaps financially limited. In other words, that a lot of their later in life wealth is actually tied up in their residence, perhaps Uh with a paid off mortgage. That's a good, pretty good place to be for most people, right, in life, until maybe it's not. Yeah, and I, and I if think, that's all you have. Right. That's, that's a big thing. You could have a lot of 
like you said, a lot of your wealth all tied up in that place that you've been maybe for 30 years. Or 50 years, some people. Yeah, yeah I can imagine that. 50 years in one place. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're, we're saying um, is that even aside from the sudden thing, the, the so-called triggering event that might compel us to move at whatever age, or for those adult children concerned about an aging parent, compel us to bring up the topic of moving with that parent, there are, in fact a host of signs or mileposts that tell us maybe it's time to move. Maybe it's not, but maybe it is. So today we'll be discussing that very topic and we welcome your input to the program and your ideas uh, and also what maybe prompted you uh, to consider a move and and how you resolve that question. The number again, 457-1290. So I think where the conversation begins, Bob, is the idea that you may now be living independently, right? Whether you call that aging in place or I just simply haven't moved in a long time, uh, this status means you're usually in a single family dwelling of some kind, now often a home that you've lived in for many years, um, more than likely. Of course, living independently can mean other settings. And as we move into that discussion, we really split the decision into what might be called an organized or managed independent setting, as with independent cottages or other residence styles on a continuing care campus perhaps, and other alternate independent residences, such as condominiums, patio homes, and even apartment style living. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of different options out there. So let's talk a little bit about this decision about, you know, what is the best age to to make a move? You know, when is the right time to move into, say, a a retirement community of some kind? We'll we'll talk about different different things uh, down here uh, on our list of options. Um, you know, the average age of senior living residents is 84, and that number continues to climb, mm. you know, typically, right? With the majority of moves happening between the ages of 75 and 85. These numbers may begin shifting as younger seniors move into retirement communities for the lifestyle they offer. Now, the right age, you know, when you ask this question, what's the best age? Of course, it depends on the individual or the future resident. Um, most of the time, younger, more active residents often gravitate to the convenience of independent living and how it makes recreation and travel so much easier. Uh, so a lot of times they'll take advantage of the, the ability not to have to worry about the house itself and they can come and go as they please. On the flip side, older residents who sometimes need a little additional support may choose independent living for its amenities like daily chef prepared meals, housekeeping, and social activities with other residents like themselves. These seniors also find comfort in the support of um, like personal or healthcare partners, as well as the convenience and security of like mobile safety pendants. You know, there's a lot of these things that make people feel a little bit more at ease when they're aging. That'll often be provided in some kind of a more organized type of community. So when should you move to a retirement community? Well, there's no best age or right age uh, with life expectancy on the rise, it does keep getting a little higher and higher. We have all these different medications and so forth, and, and some people are really taking care of their health. And, and uh, so, again, this, this average age has been going up. Right. Um, retirement communities are no longer considered just a place where you go to live a quiet, mundane existence. Today, a lot of independent living communities accept residents as young as 55. So think about that. You, you may be living in a place like that, called a retirement community for several decades. Now, a survey of about 2,800 senior living residents and a little over 1,000 non-residents found that those who lived in a retirement community 
had certain things they were looking for. Right. They, they, um, the surveys showed that they enjoyed life more, right? Stayed healthier longer, felt more safe and secure, were more active physically, and had, this is an important one, less feelings of loneliness, you know, that social isolation thing. And while, you know, we started off talking about people uh, around their mid-80s, many of the developers of these areas that that have these retirement communities have seen it skew younger. So now there are people more closer to their 70s and into their 60s. And it's interesting to point this out because I think when we first did a, a show like this some years ago, and we talked about the origins of things like these communities and assisted living, a lot of the ages were much younger and it was much more of a lifestyle choice when it was originally positioned. Uh, And then we've watched it climb pretty high. So I think people are responding now uh, to a fairly broad range of people going in there. Right, and a lot of it depends, Bob, too, on on your financial situation, because I think a lot of people, you know, look at the, the cost versus the benefit of all those things we just mentioned. And so a lot of other options are out there now, so people really have a lot to think about. I think also what happened with COVID um, really yeah. highlighted for a lot of people this lack of socialization. You know, we, we, we talked about this, I forgot what program it was, how people, you know, were, were remember the one guy who lived next door to somebody, didn't realize that somebody had divorced and the lady was no longer living there because mm-hmm. we, we, everyone's in their little silo in their own home. Right. Well, that got magnified, I think, during COVID. Well, so now people are seeking that out. They, they want a little bit more socialization. So it's become a more attractive thing to say, hey, maybe we will get out of the house we've been in here right. for decades and go find some other place. So I don't know where you, you are uh, as, as listeners, you know, in terms of your age and your interest in, in uh, these kinds of places, mm-hmm. but the younger seniors uh, who are moving into the retirement communities um, have a slightly different uh, profile sometimes. They're maybe not as need-based, but a little bit more lifestyle-based. Uh, so they're making a proactive de- decision, as I said, to change up where they live. Uh, now, uh, traditional uh, older residents, uh, not always older, but uh, a lot of people who are older can have had a bad fall or some other kind of trigger- triggering incident uh, that brings up concerns right. about living alone. Right. And younger people might want to just, you know, if they don't have any of those issues, they might be moving into retirement communities because they're ready to leave the cooking, cleaning, and maintenance to someone else. It just kind of frees them up to spend more time on maybe hobbies or, you know, traveling or socializing. I mean, that might be why you're younger and move into these places. Now, researchers have talked about a linkage between socialization, and and these are not hard and fast rules, but some people have studied this, and they've talked about loneliness, as we have Mm -hmm. on this program, and social isolation. And there are a number of emotional and physical issues that tend to develop when you have such extended isolation. Right, and that could be, you know, really broad, all the way from cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's disease, cancer, osteoporosis. And people may say, well, how do you get osteoporosis by being lonely? Well, maybe you're isolated in your home and you're not moving. You know, you're not getting the exercise or the weight bearing movement on your joints, Um, arthritis, and then of course, mental health issues. So, you know, residents who move into some kind of an independent setting, particularly in a community, and we, we will talk more about this as the show goes on here, uh, they enjoy having the best of both worlds. They like the privacy of like a their separate, own little apartment. Right, mm-hmm. there's a you know, separate entrance and all of that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Uh, but they also like the idea that they're near a supportive community of friends that are right nearby. 
Uh, there's a lot of times a slate of daily activities that people can participate in. Uh, and there are opportunities for socializing when desired. Now, that's not always the case for people or, or not always the desire for some people. They don't want right. to socialize, but at right. least the it's opportunity all, is right. there. Right, it's there if they want it, right? A couple of other big advantages of these places. Would be, you know, the lack of maintenance and upkeep of a home. The daily and seasonal upkeep of a home, it takes so much time and energy, which we all know we start to lose a little energy as we get older, right? Whether you're handling repairs yourself or doing the legwork to find professionals, it can feel like a real hassle. Even seniors that are quite capable of taking care of cleaning, repairs, and upkeep are choosing to move into sometimes an independent living campus or community so they can leave all those chores to someone else, right? And, 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 of and course, it's also what, I mean, it's pricey. Yes, Look at that. Yes, if, if you really, I mean, really factor in what you might be spending in maintenance in the course of a year in a home, uh, it's it's pretty high. Now, there's a lot of other things uh, related to independent living, particularly in the community environment, and we're going to get into that. But we'd also love to hear from you today. If you've been recently in this situation, that is having made a transition or having to consider all of this, we'd love to know your tips about having gone through that process and what you learned along the way. So 457-1290 is the number to join us. 937 457 1290 when we come back, we've got much more ahead. Stay with us. You're listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. So we're talking about a topic near and dear to a lot of our listeners. Be you of a more vintage age, considering whether you should transition from your current home to something else, or perhaps you're an adult child looking to help guide a future transition for someone in your family, someone you love and care for. There are a lot of options, but you have to think long and hard about today where you are right now in making such a transition and where you might be in several years yes they call that foresight bob oh planning looking foresight. ahead right yeah. so we've been talking about some of the motivating factors for seeking a change could be health finances upkeep of an existing home maybe the need for greater socialization or access to medical or other services or amenities now there are a lot of things to consider much of this can be solved as it were with a move to an independent residence like a cottage or single family home or some sort that is part of a larger continuing care community. And as we were discussing some of the benefits of such an independent living uh, categorization within the CCC, the continuing care community, and we'll talk more about other elements within a continuing care community in our next segment. But uh, we said before, you know, that health changes precipitate a lot of what goes on. Um, older adults, this is not, no big secret, and, and you don't have to be much older, but they're at higher well, risk for multiple falls, yeah. some cognitive decline, other kinds of medical conditions. Some people move into retirement communities because they've already experienced some of these issues. People sometimes give up driving, right, mm -hmm. due to vision or functional issues, and that can influence the decision because then you want more more of those amenities close by you where you don't have to drive someplace. Right, right. So an independent living community within a continuing care community may provide that. Right. 
So uh, health changes are a big thing. What else do people get from going into a, an well, environment like this? One perk of senior living um, is the built-in community of neighbors and staff who can help you in any type of you know challenge that you might experience or any kind of emergency even. Um, it often, you know, aging brings on more wisdom, optimism, confidence, and joy, but it can also put you at risk for some negative situations. If you live alone and you're older than age 65, like you said, Bob, people are at greater risk for falls and memory issues and difficulty with daily activities. And sometimes, you know, people don't even, you know, you don't plan for this, right? It just starts, it begins to happen, right? Right, and so a lot of communities know that when they're when they're marketing to people, they know that this need for physical uh, security, peace of mind, is a mm -hmm. higher a higher order of things, and and so they, they'll provide security measures in that environment, things like personal emergency devices that are tied in. So if somebody falls, uh, they can have an automatic uh, dial of of emergency services, or through the touch of a button, they can get help. Emergency uh, plans for severe weather and natural disasters. You're not on your own. In other words, there's a plan already in place by the organization. Right, or like ar architectural designs, like wider doorways, um, you know, no uh, step-ups to showers or over thresholds. Those are often, they've all been looked at and, and made to suit people who are prone to falls and such. And you, you may also have, and this has become a big deal here, particularly in the last year, the whole telehealth medical appointment uh, situation may be different in a continuing care environment where you may have doctors available that really focus in on that population and are available to people for all kinds of routine questions uh, and setting up other kinds of visits. Right. A big part of independent living within a continuing care environment is also how and when and where you eat. Right. Studies show that people who have healthy eating habits spend an average of two hours a day. Oh, do I know? on food preparation and cooking. <laughs> that uh, adds up to 14 hours a week and doesn't account for the time you spend in the grocery store shopping and, and then cleaning up after all the meals, right? Nobody appreciates you, right? <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> I just know how much time it takes. So many older adults are happy to take back those hours and spend them in areas that give them more enjoyment. So having these planned meals by chefs and dietitians ensures that your diet's varied, well-balanced, and I'm gonna say, stress-free. Now, uh, some older adults will move to a senior living community out of encouragement from their loved ones. Some people will do it on their own. You know, some people will plan ahead and say, okay, that's that's the next step for I, where I wanna be. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously, adult children of aging parents uh, often worry about health and safety of those parents, uh, especially if they live alone or they live in another city. And that's become a, that, I mean, that's a theme we've been talking about since this show began, uh, that we encourage people to start these conversations early, really start to think about it. And a lot of us wait too long. Uh, maybe you've lived in your, your home for 10 years, 15 years, but maybe your kids are starting to you know, grow up and move on to their lives. And you're still someplace knowing in the back of your mind, boy, it's a lot, uh, a lot more tiring to take care of this place every week than it used to be. Mm -hmm. But you don't necessarily get off the schneid there and move on to uh, finding some options and factoring that also into maybe where your kids live. And think about, well, how far am I apart from somebody? Can I see them? If they care about me and they've moved away, what dynamic does that create for the family? Because they're going to be concerned about me. Right. Yeah, at a distance. It, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, but it's something that you have to really think about ahead of time.
So what you'll find also just briefly, and we'll touch on this more here in a moment, in a continuing care environment, you typically have several options. We've mentioned independent care, and what are some of the other major stages that exist within that kind of continuum? You've got assisted living, right? Right, when you need more assistance with with things. And you can have independent, uh, independent care come into an independent living situation if you want to get home care on your own a lot of times. Yeah, you can bring, bring in aids in. from agencies or the facility or the continuing care campus in which you've chosen to live. Assisted living typically has various levels involved and, and we'll get into that like I said in just a moment. So uh, there's usually some kind of an assessment and that can change. But the neat thing about a continuing care environment is that once you're in there, you're talking about smaller changes than, you know, the big move that may happen when you first enter the community. Right. Uh, a lot of places now have developed memory care as its own special discipline within that environment. And of course, uh, there's always the skilled nursing too, right. that involves, you know, a, a whole, a whole plethora of other things that you might need. Well, we've got much more coming up after the news, including some attractive options for independent living that are not part of a continuing care community, as well as an overview of some pros and cons for each of these different choices or options on or off campus. A lot of that is still ahead. Stay close. You're listening to There is a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season, the show about how we change, how we age, and how we care for one another. I'm Bob Wolf. And I'm Gloria Shanahan. And we've been talking today about when it's right to make a transition to another place to live, especially later in life, and where to consider making that move. Now, perhaps the biggest factors in considering where you might go next are health, safety, and cost. Really, when you boil it down, they kind of all roll into those. Uh, and not all options are right or even possible uh, for some people. But if people want to join in here with their two cents, they can call 457-1290, that's 937-457-1290, to weigh in on their tips or what they've experienced. Yeah, maybe people have been through this. We'd yeah. like to know, uh, you know, we, we can provide all this information, but if you've been on this journey, you're a veteran of the whole lifestyle and transition thing, please do give us a call, 457-1290. Now let's talk about some of these options. Yeah, so one of the first options is simply a different, perhaps, Perhaps smaller or single story home or condominium that you might own. Another might be moving in with family, especially if there is an in-law suite or some similar configuration in the house. Who wants to do that after COVID? Who knows? No, I'm just joking. But <laughs> some people Move might Move in with family? Yes. I mean, maybe they've been with family too much and they don't. Oh, oh I see what you're yes, saying. Uh, it's okay, just kind of right. a little dig about right. togetherness. Right, mm -hmm. right, right. Mm -hmm. You'll pay for that later, I'm sure, somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, still another might be an apartment or townhouse environment. And another fairly recent kind of innovation in the housing market are these single story, what they call apartment homes. Sometimes these are called apartment neighborhoods or apartment communities but they're marked by several key characteristics that are often not found in traditional, what we consider apartment complexes, condos, and many homes. And one of the first things people notice in these kinds of apartment home communities is that they're all single floor. Mm -hmm. they're, they're private entrances. 
Um, they usually have two or more bedrooms, uh, one or two baths. Often, this is really important to people, a two-car garage. Attached. Attached, right. And they're all up to date with, you know, ADA and other safety considerations and conveniences. So really, you got to, you know, hand it to, to the builders in this in these types of environments because they know where the market's going what they're what they're asking mm-hmm. for so a lot of times as, as Gloria was saying earlier uh, you will find the wider doorways in these environments you'll find ramps no elevators obviously you don't have a second floor uh, or, or long stairways to contend with as you might see in a typical apartment environment uh, the properties are easy care there's often you know services uh, for maintenance and, uh, baked right into the, the the price of these things and they're being positioned in the market as apartments for rent that feel like homes. And they're all in a neighborhood of other similar apartment homes. Right. So there are key differences from continuing care communities or campuses that offer independent living. Now, while the environments might be comparable, the actual apartment home option is really quite a bit more independent. So you get the comfort and convenience and maintenance and typically other like-minded people in these neighborhoods for socialization if you choose. But basically at the end of the day, you are on your own. The continuing care community has a much more organized set of amenities and social options like community dining rooms, other facilities and scheduled activities. So if you're trying to set up some kind of a pro and con uh, for, for making these decisions, we, we've put together kind of a chart here and it's too big, you know me and my spreadsheets. It's too big to really get into every little uh, fact that's on the page. But just think about it. If you were going to go to a, uh, an apartment, just any apartment, you, you, let's say you don't want to deal with the maintenance aspect of things anymore um, and, and you want to downsize or right size. Now, that's a whole other program when we talk about getting rid of clutter and stuff. And we've talked about that a number of times. We've also talked about the estate sale uh, in, in that whole vein, right? To get- I mean, those are a lot of steps that you have to think about. In addition to everything we're bringing up today, even well before the move. I mean, if you have a lot of stuff, you know, you want to start. I mean, these are the things that we can do early on to be prepared to make our lives easier, maybe even in our own homes. Very practical things, because let's say one of these things that we mentioned today is attractive and you say, okay, you know, honey, I think I think that's where we we want to go within whatever, pick a time frame. Uh, and then you say, okay, what are the steps? And the first thing you do is you look around your house and go, oh. now that's where a lot of people quit. They'll say, oh, it's geez, tiring. You know? It's overwhelming. Uh, right. And, and, and the thing of it is we're, we're talking here as a strategic thing. There may be many steps to achieving that next aim, but you're going to be there whether you clean up your stuff or not. You're going to want the convenience and safety and, and, and all right. of that that is provided in some of these environments we've been discussing. So in a typical apartment, there are pros and cons, right? You can have uh, just about any configuration or neighborhood um, that serves the renting population, whether that's singles or couples or families of every kind. Now, financially, uh, you're looking at signing a traditional lease, right? Which is what? Usually a year, can be six months? Yeah, usually a year, and you'll get a better price if you sign a year, but some are only a year. And you'll have to have your security deposit and so forth. In our area, you know, there's a whole wide range of apartments. Apartments have also uh, shot up in price. There's fairly tight inventory, but you may find something, you know, as low as five or $600 a month, sometimes even a little cheaper, and uh, maybe as, as high as eleven dollars or $1,200 for a one-bedroom um, two bedrooms going to be obviously higher than that. Three bedrooms even higher than that. So the average for all uh, apartments really in our region 
comes out to about 850 a month, but that really is contingent on factoring in and, the and size. And these are, to, to make, just to be clear, these are traditional apartments to rent, not the apartment communities that we were just yeah. discussing. And, and we'll talk more about that in just a second here. Of course, one of the benefits, this is no property tax, right? right? You, you go to that place. Uh, utilities are often included, not mm-hmm. always, not every utility is included. Uh, what else about a triple um, You often have shared access to entrances, typically, unless it's a townhome or a garden apartment. Um, your appliances are always included and, you know, like warranted. So if something breaks, usually, you know, they'll either repair it for you at no charge or bring you a new one. So you don't have to worry about that. You don't have roofs or anything like that to care for, right? Now, you do have a negative would be that maybe you have a higher density of residents, probably less privacy and possibly less safety overall because of that shared uh, entrance thing you know if, if i'm thinking of a lot of places that have a a common stairwell or common elevator uh, where you don't have your own entrance facing the outside or facing the parking area and you really don't have any idea of who your neighbors are going to be or st- who they're uh, who's going to stay and who's going to leave and who's going to come in and all that a lot of times your your parking is somewhat limited unless there's parking under the building or something uh it's very limited in terms of fully sheltered parking uh, you will find, in, in a, as you said, because you, you don't know who the neighbors are because it is a varied population, mm-hmm. it's rare to find uh, similar aged or even senior oriented uh, type environments uh, in the traditional apartment. There's also going to be very limited organized social opportunities in that situation. Now, we started talking before about this single story apartment home. It's a newer concept, more home like and modernized with all of the things yeah, like the wider the, doorways and the people that people really would like and it, it makes it feel more like a an actual home you know the way they have the kitchen set up with islands and more open space um you know so there's a focus on the safety and the convenience right and you almost well you do you have a separate entrance your own front door and it's usually attached with a two-car garage um, and like Bob said earlier, ADA up to date, so senior friendly with the wide doorways and and a, a lot of, you know, like automatic lights coming on, a lot of nice stuff. Now, yeah. there's no direct access to medical care in these environments. It's not like there's a program for it, uh, typically. But this is a good place to maybe stop down and talk about various levels of care. Short of, uh, you know, certainly skilled nursing and short of regular assisted living at a higher level, There is the whole component of in-home care, which we've also talked a lot about before. And if you're not familiar with that, that generally falls into two major categories where you've got uh, companion care. And a lot of that is the cooking and the cleaning and, and, and shopping and errands and going places with folks. And then the personal care, which gets into, um, helping more with, um, mobility, uh, ambulation, um, toileting, cleaning, showering, all of that kind of stuff. Now, the in-home care market has gotten much more mature and organized. Um, there has been some struggle with, in terms of uh, finding enough help, you know, and, and finding consistent help in that. Generally, I think rates around the country are somewhere in the low 20s, upwards of $30 an hour for that. That may not be affordable for everybody, but the typical, typical engagement for a lot of people is gonna be somewhere around 20 hours a week and and higher uh, a lot of times well you know you can bring in an agency and usually there's a minimum of four hours per shift 
that's you know what'll make it worth their on a, while on a given day, right? On so, a given day. So you extrapolate that over a week if that's the kind of uh, care you think you're going to want or help you're and, going to want. Right, but you do have the option of you know maybe you just want a couple days a week to help with that cleaning or maybe a grocery store run um, or just some companionship. So it is private pay. It it you know it's somewhat expensive, but if, if you don't need care every day or 24/7, it's a nice option prior to going into maybe a continuing care campus. And we bring it in here we, because I know as we're talking about all these options, we don't want to make this strictly an either or that it's included here, not included there. There are kind of ways to work around things. So if you do choose a single story apartment home environment that may not be part of an organized continuing care community, you still have some options for getting some help. Yeah, and, and, and same with the meals. So there's no meals included in these single story apartment homes. And that doesn't mean you have to move to meals on wheels. You know, there are so many options now at grocery stores of prepared meals, you know, that you microwave. There's also home delivery. You know, you hear about all the home delivery meals that you can have. So, you know, you can look at that and say, well, what do I really need at this point? And what do I want? The single story homes uh, or apartment homes uh, can vary significantly in price also. But you're, t you're talking about something higher than the, t the standard apartment, usually for the base uh, model of this. Somewhere is going to be around $1,100, $1,200 a month. Minimum. But they can go yeah. as high as $3,000, $3,300, depending on in the area you're in and how many bedrooms you're talking about. Uh, so really something worth looking into if, if you're going to do that. Now, we talked a lot about independent living within a continuing care environment. Um, those usually the, the cost of that in our region is somewhere around 2500 to 3500 a month. And again, think about a, a campus that you're already on. More organized activities, more access to organized uh, social dining and social scheduled activities and regular access to additional care. Except necessary. you're not right in the what I would call the community building. You usually have a standalone place and if you choose to participate over in the more campus-like setting, you can. But it gives you the feel of still not being really on a continuing care campus. And, and again, uh, these would be rental or, or monthly in their orientation. I suppose we skipped over a couple of things. If you, if you really want to be an owner, right, you can try to look around for a 55 and over home neighborhood. In that case, you are you know, plunking down the money for a place uh, you're going to go through the typical real estate transaction, whether you're paying cash or getting a mortgage or whatever it is. You have uh, an HOA a lot of times to uh, deal with, which will allow a certain amount of decorating or modifying of the interior. You may have a lot of flexibility there. You can do whatever there, you want there. But right. outside, the modifications are going to be fairly closely uh, restricted. Because they want everything to look at least to a certain standard usually. Right. They're essentially carefree on the outside. So the HO fees will typically cover... Uh, and, and a lot of times they're a little bit lower than the next thing we're going to talk about, but they're going to cover uh, cutting of the lawn, maybe uh, end of the year or start of the year treatment of bushes and landscaping. Snow removal. And snow removal, if it ever snows. Mulching, right? all that stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but anything inside, you have a problem with the toilet or you have or a problem with the refrigerator, your that's furnace a, even. That's typically all on you unless right. you, you have some other uh, plan. Um, they're usually pretty quiet and secure, and they're 55 and over, so you're getting a certain age level in there and the socialization opportunities can exist but a lot of times they're somewhat limited because the recognition is people want to be kind, kind of, of on their own in their yeah. place right an option on that is the condominium type thing right? right which is a little bit different right and that's typically the same a traditional cash or mortgage purchase um, with property taxes but again you own your condo right 
um, similar to a standalone home, can be 55 plus or open to a broader range of residents. And usually there is a broader range of residents in a condominium neighborhood and they're more connected, meaning closer to neighbors and sound. So that can be a positive or a negative depending on how you look at that, right? And I would probably want to point out here, they are uh, condominium associations and homeowners associations do kind of function differently. They're regulated differently in most states. They have different requirements for the levels of transparency, ease of contact, how often they have a meeting of the board, uh, and general customer service is what we have found. So sometimes you really have to, if you're going to move into a condominium neighborhood or a 55 and over home neighborhood, really talk to the people who organize those settings to find out how customer focused they are or or the people who already live there you can get a lot of insight that way yeah just walk down the street and, and say talk. hey you know, <laughs> right and find out what's going on right. so you have some options here you know the home neighborhood if you want to just you know move from one kind of place to another condominiums apartments for rent moving in with somebody in your family a possibility the new single story apartment home idea this independent living uh, on a continuing care campus and of course, if you're in the continuing care campus, then you have access to assisted living, which, uh, you know, most assisted living environments in this region are, are somewhere around 4,000. They can go as high as six or $7,000 a month for assisted living. It really does depend on the kind of place you're in. And then here's another category that's important to mention. Memory care, which is similar to assisted living with a focus on additional, you know, memory care services included with the other assisted living services like help with showering medications you know they're not requiring yet full nursing skilled nursing care but a focus on assisting the resident to to move around in the different hours of the day yeah and a lot of the times, memory care issues and then then of course there's full skilled nursing which right. you know covers the full range of things as people age later on right we've got more for you stay with us you're listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on the Miami Valley radio station with breaking news, weather, and traffic, 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Welcome back to There is a Season. I'm Bob. And I'm Gloria. And uh, we've been talking today about the big transition. And it is a big transition for a lot of folks. Uh, it's a big decision. Yes. I mean, first and foremost comes the decision, doesn't it, Bob? And that's um, in and of itself huge. And, and again, all the reasons that we talk about trying to plan. People may think we're silly or maybe naive to ask that of, of families, but that's one of the reasons this whole show began. We a lot of us know we get to this point in life and these things are difficult, they're sticky, they're hard to get through. And especially if you're trying to work with other family members and especially, especially if they live far away from you. Imagine trying to affect some of these changes. Now, what happens? There's some big triggering event, boom, you've got to go someplace and maybe somebody's in the hospital and suddenly rapid decisions have to be made. Then the least people need to look at what's available in case, the in whole case. in case. No, if you're in this situation where you just need some assistance, where do you want to go? Where would you like to go? And if there's a crisis or an emergency or maybe you need, you know, full-blown memory care or nursing, you need to kind of have done some research. 
because you have to make a decision very quickly, especially if you're coming out of hospital, even for rehab services. And we would like to suggest uh, not simply to rely on the marketing information that's out there. As nice as these places may make their websites and as nice as they might appear, what do we used to have a phrase for this? Uh, resist the temptation to be awed by the gables and <laughs> all the beautiful buildings in the gables. You gotta get in and talk to people. You gotta get in, talk to people, and, and, and look around at every level of care. If you're gonna only go in at independent living, you really need to tour the assisted living and the memory care and the skilled nursing. Because if you're gonna transition potentially to those other levels of care, you better see what it is. Now, obviously cost is a big issue uh, for folks. And there is a, a resource here that we wanna make sure we point out. This is provided by Genworth.com. They're in the long-term care insurance business. One of the few companies still doing that. But Genworth.com has a pricing tool uh, it's at genworth.com slash aging dash and you uh, finances. You'll, you'll find it. But what's cool about it is you can put in any part of the country and you can make comparisons. So you can put in your area and maybe some other place you want to move or some other place that somebody in your family lives. And you can put in uh, by zip code typically or by, by city state. and look at hourly, daily, monthly, and annual costs. And their median cost, I want to point out, they are not, it, it is not the, you know, the Bible for cost. It's so, median. As it's you an may average. remember from math, the median is the middle, right? So right. you can have things much higher or much lower. But they break it into in-home care based on a certain number of hours per year, uh, nursing home costs, uh, assisted living, a lot of the stuff. It's a great tool. So that's at genworth.com. And you can find it by putting in genworth.com cost of care. And uh, they keep it fairly up to date. So that's a good thing to look at. Now, coming up uh, ahead, we've got other programs coming your way. We're going to be talking more about uh, the impact of COVID and the pressure people may start feeling within uh, the work environment. Uh, and also the question of whether COVID-19 shots should be mandatory for certain kinds of employees, like in the healthcare field or food preparation. And what else? Uh, divorce later in life. Is this on the rise and, and why? And also, here's a here's a kind of a sticky topic. You may have been hearing things about it here and there, but we're going to get into the whole idea of critical race theory. We are going to do a, a show on that. It is uh, something that has grown out of the whole, maybe you've heard the code words diversity and equity and so forth. What does this really mean? A lot of it started in the college environment. It certainly has spread to a lot of corporate environments, rules about diversity and all that. And it's trickled down now into the high schools and, and lower grades, and it's causing some real friction in communities around the country. So that's going to be coming up too. Well, our time's up for today. To everything, there's a season and a time to purpose under the heaven. Remember, dear friends, seek grace in every step you take and never regret old, growing older. It is a privilege denied to many. For lovely Gloria Shanahan, our producers and everyone who makes the show possible, thanks for spending some time with us today. You've been listening to There's a Season on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk. Have a blessed week. It's an Ask the Expert weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news, weather, and traffic station. 1290 and 95.7 WHIO, Dayton's News and Talk.